What's up, everybody? It's Jaren from the Hockey Podcast Network's newest show, the Windy City Benders Podcast. My co-host Tanner and I bring our unique takes on Blackhawks hockey. Us on this show have been a, a pro Carlton guy. for He's the right coach for the situation. Giving it to our rivals. That's one of the things that kind of sucks. I wish we would have had the Blues in our division this year because our trash. As well as bringing in some guests from the NHL. Please welcome to the show, goaltender Scott Darling. The Eagle himself, Ed Belfort. Brian Bickle. David Boland. Letter Kenny. The, the show started out with uh, basically a, a beer league hockey team. And anybody who loves the game. Find us on all your favorite podcast apps, the Hockey Podcast Network website, and on social media at WCB Pod. Basketball season won't be around forever, so get in on all the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot and millions of dollars in total prizes. Claim your free shot and millions of dollars in total prizes when using promo code THPN during a sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, sit under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against competition. Feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, steal, assist means so much more with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy lineup. Baseball fans, you may have missed out on the season-long fantasy, so now is time to get on all the daily fantasy action where DraftKings has even more ways for you to make it rain. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players, so what are you waiting for? Head to the app now. Download the DraftKings app now and use the code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's promo code THPN, and you get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit Apply at DraftKings.com for details. Hello ladies and gentlemen and hockey fans, I'm your host Jordy Cunningham and welcome to episode 42 of season 2 of the King's Den as always presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Like I said, episode 42, we got a lot to talk about in this episode but we're going to start with game 1 of this 4 game series, 4 straight games, games against the Anaheim Ducks. You know what we said, you got, you got to take advantage of this week, 4 games against Anaheim. You have to take advantage if you still want to be in the playoff hunt. And the Kings did just that in Game 1 as they took the game on Monday night by a score of 4-1. to one. It was a great game for the Kings. Good to see some secondary scoring in this game as well. Some uh, scoring from the back end. We all got a good stat about that. But it was just a solid game overall for the Kings in the sexy reverse retros. The 4 and blue with the gold and 
yellow trim. Just unbelievable jerseys. I don't know. I think they're still wearing them a couple more times. I don't remember, but it was just it's awesome every time they wear those. They got to start wearing those more often. And that was the loss was the Ducks' fifth consecutive loss. Yeah, it's been a tough go in Anaheim for quite a bit now. But this is a huge win for the Kings. Like I said, let's just get right into it. Five minutes, just over five minutes into the first period. Sean Walker, his second of the year from Dustin Brown and Andre Kopitar. Brown, or Walker just putting it on net. I follow providing a great screen and net. Stolarts couldn't make the couldn't make the catch, actually. It went off his glove and top shelf. That made it one to nothing early on. Like I said, Sean Walker, second of the year. And then and also of note, Kopitar's 35th assist of the season. Also with that assist. That was point number 996 in his career. We are just Four points away from Kopi 1K. Kopitar's 1,000 points. Kopi 1K. We're calling it. I like calling it that. Uh, also, uh, five minutes after that, after Walker's goal, Mikey Anderson finally his first of the year. Athanasiu puts it on net. It goes past the net. Takes a bounce right in front of the net. Stolarts wasn't ready for it. Misses the puck. Mikey Anderson's right out in front. Grabs it on the backhand and gets it past Stolarts. That made it two to nothing. Good to see Mikey Anderson get the, get his first of the year. And you know he's a defensive defenseman. He's not a guy that scores very much. And I loved just the simple like not real celebration for, from him. Just happy to contribute and chip chip in. I loved that. But it was Anderson's first of the season from Anthony and Lemieux. That made it two to nothing. And that would be it. For the first period, as your Kings led two to nothing after the first period, it was pretty even first period despite being the King, despite the Kings being up two nothing. The shots were eight to seven for the Kings in the first period. Anaheim had the only power play of the period as Drew Doughty had a high sticking penalty right after the Sean Walker goal actually, but penalty kill has been so good they did a great job killing, uh, killing that penalty in the first period. Then you go to the second period again. Pretty even. Shots 8-8. Eight, eight. Uh, LA had the only power play. We'll actually get to that in a second. But uh, first, just three minutes into the period, Jamie Drysdale gets his third of the year past Jonathan Quick. Jonathan Quick played in this game, and he played great in this game. But this was the only goal he allowed as Drysdale gets his third of the year just three minutes in. That made it 2-1 to one at the time. But other than that, pretty even, pretty quiet second period. Like I said, shots were 8-8. Eight eight. The only power play came... When Max Jones uh, went to the box for slashing. And that was in the final minute of the period. Of the second period. And in that. A bad bounce. Getzlaff gets a great chance on a partial break. Past Drew Doughty. It was not Doughty's fault. Just a bad bounce. And Quick came up with a huge save. And that was. It was kind of funny seeing that. Getzlaff. With a great chance. Doughty trying to catch, catch up to him. Trying to score on Quick. We've seen that a lot the last few years. It was kind of, kind of like, it's 2020 and we're still seeing that. You know, it was kind of cool to see, sort of thing. But it was a great stop by Jonathan Quick, who again played great in this game. And then you go to the third period, and it was kind of much of the same. The game didn't really have much to it. Like the shots were nine to seven in the third period for the Kings, so it was again pretty even. Uh, final shots in the game were 25 to 22. Kings had the only power play again. Didn't score on it in the third period and the Kings would go and add two empty netters. Dustin Brown had his 17th on the empty net and Moore had his ninth of the year from Kempe on the empty net. So the final score was 4-1 for your LA Kings in this game. Like I said, 
Gotta take advantage. Gotta get the two points when you can, especially against a team that's younger than you. Oh, sorry, that's not as uh, below you, sorry. Gotta take advantage. And again, the Ducks are a young team as well, but the Kings are just right there a little better than them, and you gotta take advantage so they get the big win in this game. And it's gotta continue this week. Has to continue this week. But good to see Walker and Anderson get on the board, some more defensive scoring, and good to see Brown and Moore score. I also thought thought Athanasiu had a very good game in this game. It was a little more of a defensive-minded game for the Kings as well, as they went with the 11 forwards, 7 defensemen in this game, as they uh, had Bornfoot, Dowdy, Anderson, Roy, Model Walker, and McDermott all playing. So it was more of a defensive-minded game for the Kings, I guess, but it was just a decision that the coaching staff made going into the game. But also, with that, we got more scoring from the de- defense. And this was a good, the stat. With the goal, This is from the LA Kings PR on Twitter. With goals by Sean Walker and Mikey Anderson in the first period, it's the first time the Kings have had multiple defensemen score in a single game this season. Yes, that's right. We know Doughty has most of the points on the back end for the defensemen. Uh, Roy has a couple, but I think he's only scored twice. It was Anderson's first of the year, Sean Walker's second of the year. Like We know besides Doughty, the defense hasn't been... Hasn't really put in that much offensively this year, so it was good to see, uh, good to see some scoring from the defense as well. It was really nice to see. But quickly, let's get into what everyone, what, uh, what the guys had to say after the game. You guys know I love going over the quotes, and we'll start. Let's start with head coach Tom McClellan actually, and he. The first question he got asked was on getting two goals from the defenseman, uh, from the defenseman in this game, and he said. The really good teams in the league right now, they're getting a good production from the blue line. Sometimes, I don't think our, our D-men aren't ag- aggressive enough with their shots. They're not always prepared to shoot. Tonight, a goal like Walker's, it's a seeing eye one that finds its way to the net, and lo and behold, it goes in. I think a lot of times you score you score off that crap in and around the net when the D do that shot. As we move forward and we continue to evolve, offense has to come from the blue line as much as it does the forwards. And that's true. you got to get more scoring from your defense, and it was awesome to see goals from Walker and Anderson in this game. And then he got asked about going with the 7-11 look, the 7 defensemen and 11 forwards in the game, and he said, I think on this night we were happy that we went with that route. It got some of our forwards into the game more than maybe they would have if we rolled just four lines. We felt better playing the fourth line with different people there for whatever reason. Then the counterpoint of it is with the back end, now you've got a D-man that's sitting there for a little while. It's hard one way or the other. I thought I thought Trent Yanni did a real good job of managing the back end tonight. All the D-man were involved. Believe it or not, it's not an easy task when you're when you're used to coaching six and rolling them. Yon said a good a good a real good job maybe it's something we'll look to do more often so hey you never know teams roll with it sometimes and sometimes it works out pretty often for them and he asked on the benefits of doing the seven defensemen as well and head coach Hamilton said again Trent Yoni plays guys with different partners throughout the night just to make sure there are some balanced minutes I think it keeps the D on their toes it's not routine it's not just jumping over the boards and continuing to do what you do you have to be a little more alert a little bit more aware of who your partner may be communicate on the bench it was just a change, and I think it helped us a little bit. Maybe it's something we'll do moving forward. I don't know, but it worked. It, but tonight it worked for us. And then he just talked about uh, Kopitar's success in, on defensive zone faceoffs because he was so good in the defensive zone in this game, like he always is. And he said, well, it makes a huge difference when you 
when you at least have a chance to execute a breakout after a faceoff. I was asked a couple of times about Kopi's minutes compared to some of the other centers. He's the most reliable faceoff guy we have by a country mile. A lot of times when you're when you're when you're in your zone, he comes out on ice and starts there. There's a tough ta- that's a tough task for him because he's got to skate a 200 foot. A game to get to the offensive zone all the time but when you're a really good team you can save that a little bit use them on the offensive zone starts more use them on offensive zone starts than defensive zone starts some of our other centers need to pick up the slack so we trust them a little bit more there and that's true some of the centers got to do more on uh getting having defensive zone and offensive zone coverage as well but let's see what the other players have to say now as we'll start with adrian kempe who first got asked about uh, creating turnovers and the pride he takes in creating turnovers because there were a couple times he created turnovers and had great chances in this game he said yeah for sure and I think especially we were talking as a line me Morsey Morsey and Lizzo last time we played against Anaheim or last time we played against Anaheim was the last time we played with each other and I think we created a, lo- a lot of opportunities those games I think we were doing the same out there tonight and then he was talking about playing with a with the 11 forwards instead of uh, 12 and he said i mean obviously i want to play as much as possible so i don't mind it but you've got to be aware on the bench who is out there be on your toes the whole time it's but it's nice to be out there as much as possible so obviously you get more time out there when you're 11 forwards and of course kempe loves that all of them love that and then he asked about a real line real reuniting with uh, Blake Lazat and Trevor Moore on the line and getting that, that success back because they ha- had a very good game together again. And I said, I think forecheck for sure. That's where we created most of our chances tonight too. We had some really good looks. I think I missed the net eight times, so that's on me. But I think those guys, they played great and we created a lot of chances. Looking forward to keeping uh, that going and keep being good on the forecheck. And then uh, just about uh, the added offense from the back end, Kempe said, RD... RD are key for us all over the ice, and when they score, it puts a little pressure on the forwards as well, and we've got to be on our toes. Being in front of the net so they can shoot it more, and it was nice to see them score tonight. It was nice to get the W as well. And, of course, always nice to get a W, and, of course, the Kings are still going for the playoffs, so you got to keep getting these wins. Now, just quickly, Sean Walker, of course, the first goal of the game, just what he had to say about the game, and, first of all, about the points of emphasis about... Uh, trying to create more offense lately and he said obviously that's been talked about a lot lately and it's big focus for us basically we just try to create shots create shooting lanes just get the puck to the net hopefully the forwards can either have a good screen or get a tip on it that's definitely a point of emphasis for us and then about how well the defense did on monday night uh, with seven of them he said uh i thought our structure was pretty good i thought we were breaking the puck out well, even when they had some zone time. There were lots of communication, and guys were sorting it out. And Quickie made some big saves when he needed to. Some things to work on, but overall, pretty good. And the, and the point on seven defensemen, he continued by saying, Yeah, we're definitely more fresh with seven guys, but again, you have to be aware with who is going and who you're playing with. I think overall, your legs have a little more pop in them for sure. And then, talking about his offensive game, and Walker, you know, he scored, what is it? He scored a few goals last year. That was only his second of the year this year. So he got asked about that. And he said, obviously not where I want it to be. That's something that they expect more of me. That's something they expect out of me. So I've got to do a better job of getting pucks at the net and creating opportunities in the offensive zone. Starting to get some shots through and stuff, but I have to do more. And that's true. Sean Walker had a great rookie year last year. And he's kind of been in a slump this year. The injury at the start of the year didn't help. But he's... His, that was just a second goal. I think he had five last year. They expect a little more offense from him. But again, 
just a second-year player. They, are, they expect a lot of him, obviously, but he's a guy that's going to score more goals for this team, definitely. I, I see that for the future. I think there's he has, he has to score more goals, and I definitely think he's going to. He's too good of a player not to score more goals for this LA Kings team going forward. And now let's skip ahead to last night, Wednesday night, where it was a much-anticipated night for LA Kings fans. It finally happened. Quinton Byfield made his NHL debut for the LA Kings last night. What an exciting time for this organization. You know, he's been killing it at the at the AHL with the Ontario Reign. And fans have been clamoring, play the kids, man. Play the kids, play the kids. And play more of the kids, I guess, because we've seen Anderson, Velarde, born foot all season. But play more of the kids. And we finally got to see the prize possession, Quinton Byfield. Of course, second overall pick from last year. The Kings fans finally got to see him. Unfortunately, it was in at the hands of a 3-2 loss to the Anaheim Ducks. And again, such a tough loss. Like, this is a team you need to beat. And it turns out you've split the first two games of this four-game series after you beat them 4-1, losing 4-1 on Wednesday night. is just such a disappointment. But it was, it was almost overshadowed in a way by Byfield's debut. Because, like, you want the Kings to like make the playoffs. I think a few fans still do, but at the same time, you want to see growth. And there's still a young team that you don't really expect to make the playoffs. But to see Byfield get a chance to make his debut, that's fun, man. That's something special. And it's he had a good debut, man. In this 3-2 loss, he still had a very good debut. But let's just get into it right away. Let's just get into it, first of all. First period, there was no goals. No goals in the first period. Shots were 9-8 for Anaheim. Uh, LA had the only power play. Did not score on it. Byfield, he had one shot in the first period, but that was it. He had four shots total in the game. And hey, head coach Tom said before the game, I think it was when he announced it, that they weren't going to be light with him. They were going to let him go, and they did. And it was fun to watch. It was fun to watch. Before we actually... Get even into even more of it. Byfield minutes of view. Also, Leas Anderson was back in the lineup. And in this game, the Kings went with the seven defensemen as well. But with that, uh, Anderson Dolan and Grundstrom were out of the lineup. Which, you know, they're two guys you kind of want to see in the lineup. But at the same time, when you're playing seven defensemen, who are you going to take out? And they wanted to give Leas Anderson a chance as well. But 0-0 after the first period. Kings 0-for-1 on the power play in the first period. Quinton Byfield, one shot on net in the first period. You get to the... Second period, early in the second period. This is a guy that's been struggling lately. Finally, nice to see him get back on the board. On the power play, Gabe Velarde, his seventh of the season. From Moore and Kempe, that made it one to nothing for the Kings at the time. So nice to see him finally get back on the board. You could just see when he scored, it was like a pain got lifted off his shoulders. He was just a huge sigh of relief when he scored. So nice to see him get back on the board and score. Velarde, his seventh of the year from Moore and Kempe. Like I said, I thought Kempe had a very good game in this game. That made it one to nothing at the time. And then later in the first period, by the way, Kings dominated the second period. They outshot Anaheim 18 to eight, but I would say dominated, but it still wasn't the best period. We'll get to that in a second. Velarde makes it one, nothing. And then about eight minutes later, uh, just an absolute gift. LA is shorthanded from a Curtis McDermott penalty classic. LA shorthanded, but puck gets back in to the Anaheim zone. Uh, Gibson goes to play it along with Fowler. They miscommunicate, collide. 
Kempe steals and scores into the open net. That made it 2 to nothing on a wild shorthanded goal. Kempe's 14th of the year from Mikey Anderson and Matt Roy. And again, just poor communication, an absolute gift for Adrian Kempe. That made it 2 to nothing for the Kings at the time. So special teams going for the Kings in this game. A power play goal and a shorthanded goal. But then, you know, a bit a bit of a letdown. Sam Carrick scores his second of the year on a really weird one. Real, like one that Cal Peterson wants back. He just opened up as Kirk was driving to the net. And just a slow, slow one got through Cal Peterson. That made it 2-1 at the time. Just a weird goal. And there was talk. There was thinking about Kirk. Uh, there was thinking from the Kings bench about Carrick interfering with Peterson. But the net was pretty much in the net by the time. Like it, when you watch it, you would get like there was no chance Peterson was getting it even with goaltender interference. It was a good goal. It was 2-1. Still for LA at the time, but then just four minutes after that, Sam steals, of course, his sixth of the year. A puck gets to the slot. Byfield doesn't get in the lane. A few guys don't get in the lane. Steele was just left on his own in the slot, had all all the time and space, got one past Cal Peterson. That made it two to two. And it was two to two after two periods and a wild second period compared to quite a s quite a quiet first period, I guess. And like I said, LA outshot Anaheim 18-8 in the second period, but still, it was 2-2, all tied up after two periods. And then, you go to the third, Quinton Byfield, first career penalty, a high-sticking penalty, but then also, LA had two power plays in the period, just could not score. They went one for five on the power play, which is, hey, nice, finally a power play goal, but also at the same time, man, like, come on, like, this power play needs to be better. That's one of the things that's kind of killed him lately. His power play has not been very good. And Byfield, he got time like with Cole Brown on the power play. He was given every chance in this game. He also skated a line for the, for the majority of the game with Kempe and more. But it kind of changed throughout the, throughout the night as, again, with the just 11 forwards, the lines were uh, jumbled a little bit throughout the game as well. But this absolute dagger, you know, third period is going back and forth. It was actually a very quiet third period. Anaheim outshot LA 5-4 to in the third period. It was a very quiet third period, but with 101 to go. Yes, just one minute and one second to go. I forget who lost it. I think it was Velarde. I, I don't remember who lost it, but it was a pick play. And it came to... It was a pick play that came right to Fowler. And Fowler dangled through Athanasiu. Put it through his legs. Got to the slot, had all time and all the time and space, and ripped one past Cal Peterson. This goal was an absolute beauty. Not many people are stopping this. It was just not a great turnover. Fowler just absolutely undressed Athanasiu. Fowler still showing why he's one of the better defensemen in the league. Absolutely undresses Athanasiu and rips it past Cal Peterson. That made it three to two for the Anaheim Ducks, and that would be all she wrote as the Ducks. Rowan Quinton Byfield's debut by getting the 3-2 win over the LA Kings. Fowler was the first star of this game. Kempe was the second star of this game. And Sam Carrick was the third star of this game. Like like I said, LA outshot Anaheim 30-22, but only had four shots in the third period. That is just not good enough. A ton of giveaways in this game. LA had eight giveaways. Anaheim had seven. Anaheim, 16 block shots. That's huge, man. That's huge. And like I said, power play just not good enough in this game. You finally got a power play goal. Special teams were good. Power play goal and a shorthanded goal. But 
only going one for five on the power play. He had chances. It just wasn't good enough. There was one power play, I think, early in the third period. It was a shorter one, but it was just abysmal. Like, the Kings didn't get any pressure on it at all. And that was tough to watch. But, again, tough loss. I think it's time to start looking at the draft a little more now than the playoffs. But the big story of the night was Quinton Byfield making his debut. Like I said, he finished with a minus one. His first career penalty. Four shots on net. Had a great... Great shot there, and he played a ton, just under 18 minutes of ice time in your debut. Like, he played a ton, and he got every single chance, and I think head coach Thomas Holland is just going to give him every single chance to keep doing that. And Byfield was also uh, 66.7% in the face-off circle, so two-thirds, he won two-thirds of his draws in the face-off circle, and he had a takeaway as well. So a pretty good night for Quinton Byfield in his NHL debut, despite the 3-2 loss to the Anaheim Ducks on this night. So again, tough, a big win on Monday night, tough loss on Wednesday night. I think the playoffs are kind of out of the picture now, but awesome to see Byfield make his debut. And it's kind of tough, right? Because you want to see guys like Anderson Dolan, Kale Clegg, uh, Grundstrom in the lineup as well. Why is McDermott still in there? Like Clegg should be in there for him. But again, Team has some decisions to make, and you got to you want to see some of the kids play. And but again, who are you really taking out of this lineup? Like Byfield's in there, he's probably in. The, like, do you take Lazard out? Do you take Lemieux out? Have you seen enough of Brendan Lemieux in a short time? Like they want to try to give Elias Anderson a chance as well because he's been playing really well at the AHL level. So it's going to be an interesting last ten games here. Is it now? Ten games left. Yeah, ten games left. Nine games left for the LA Kings. It's going to be a very interesting. Nine games left, and it starts this weekend as this four-game series against Anaheim continues as they're in Anaheim for the rest of the series on Friday night and Saturday night back-to-back. I assume Peterson and Quick will split the games, but it will definitely see that as we go on here. But uh, Anaheim in Anaheim this Friday and Saturday, and then you got uh, two more against Arizona next week. Two against Colorado, one against St. Louis, and then two more against Colorado to end the season. So not an easy finish to the season, that's for sure. But a time for a lot of growth for these players, and it'll be fun to see what kind of happens with the lineup over these last nine games for sure. And also there's the uh, there's the fact of do you want to play Byfield a lot, or do you want to keep him on one more year of the ELC? Like that's definitely a factor as well. So who knows how much he'll play, and maybe some of the other kids will get called up. Maybe. Turcott will get called up. Maybe Kaliev will get called up. Maybe a couple other guys will get called up. You just never know. It'll be interesting to see what happens over these last few games. But like I said again, next two games that we'll talk about on next episode are two more games against Anaheim, this time in Anaheim, this weekend on Friday night and Saturday night. And with all of that, this has been episode 42 of season two of the Kings. And thank you so much for joining us for this episode as always don't forget to like rate subscribe and review to not only the kingston but every other podcast around the hockey podcast network because everyone is just killing it doing so so well so definitely go check out everyone and go like rate subscribe and review everyone's show as well because again everyone is just killing it and we really appreciate the support so and we're we're just going to keep bringing the content for you as well man all around the hockey podcast network it's everyone's doing unbelievable it's so cool it's so much fun to see and also don't forget to follow us on twitter at cunningham jordy 
I'm your host at Can I Am Jordy. Don't forget to follow, uh, of course, our show, The King's Den, at The King's Den THPN on Twitter and Instagram. And of course, we're presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. So don't forget to follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter and Instagram at HockeyPodNet or on Facebook. Just search up the Hockey Podcast Network on YouTube. Just search up the Hockey Podcast Network or check us out on Patreon for just $1. You can find a bunch of exclusive bonus content and so much more from anyone around, from everyone across the Hockey Podcast Network. I hope you have a great week. Stay safe. Wear your mask. Be nice to others. Have a great weekend. And we'll talk to you on Monday for episode 43 of season 2.